0: Chapter 6 of Marjorie Dean High School Freshman by Pauline Lester This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter 6 The Pledge. Oh, I'm so glad we are to have a locker together! exclaimed Marjorie impulsively. I've been very anxious to get to know you. I really owe you an apology i spoke to you in the street the other day i don't know what you thought of me but you look so much like my dearest chum in b that i called to you before i realized what i was doing the other girl regarded marjorie with the suspicious uneasy eyes of a cornered animal Then, without answering, she reached for her hat and was about to go silently on her way when something in Marjorie's gracious words seemed to touch her and she said grudgingly, "'I remember you.' "'That's nice,' beamed Marjorie. "'I was afraid you wouldn't. Let me tell you about my chum.' She launched forth in an enthusiastic description of Mary Raymond and of their long friendship. I wrote Mary about having seen a girl that looked like her. She will be very curious to see you. She is coming to visit me sometime during the year, so I hope you and I will be friends. But I haven't even told you who I am. My name is Marjorie Dean. Won't you please tell me yours?' She offered her hand winningly, but the strange, self-contained young girl ignored it. "'My name is Constance Stevens. Her voice was coldly reluctant, carrying with it an unmistakable rebuff. Marjorie drew back, puzzled and hurt. She was not used to having her friendly overtures rejected. The blue-eyed girl saw the shrinking movement, and stirred by some hitherto unknown impulse, stretched forth her hand. Please forgive me for being so rude, she said contritely. It is awfully sweet in you to tell me about your chum, and to say that you wish to be my friend. You are the first girl who has been so nice to me since I came to Stanford. How I hate them!" Her expressive face darkened, and her blue eyes became filled with brooding, sullen anger. "'Are you going home to luncheon now?' asked Marjorie, with a view toward keeping away from disagreeable subjects. The other girl nodded, then, pinning on her hat, the two left the building. Marjorie wished to ask questions, but she did not know how to begin with this strange, moody girl. There were so many things to say. Do you play basketball? She asked, almost timidly, when they had traversed three blocks in silence. Constance shook her head. I don't even know the game, let alone trying to play it. Do you play? Yes, I have played every position on the team. I was chosen for centre of the freshman team at Franklin High just before I came here. One of the freshmen had asked me to go to the tryout on Friday. The merry girl looked wistfully at Marjorie. I'm going to tell you something, she announced with finality. Truly, it's for your own good. You mustn't try to be friends with me. If you do... You'll be sorry. We, my father and I, are nobodies in this town. Father's a broken-down musician who teaches the violin for a living. I've a little lame brother, and we take care of a poor old musician who, people say, is crazy. He isn't, though. He's merely childish. People call us bohemians and gypsies and even vagabonds. They don't understand that our greatest crime is just being poor. The girls in the freshman class make fun of me and call me a tramp and a beggar behind my back. One girl did try to be the least bit pleasant with me, but she soon stopped. We've been in Sanford only two months, but it seems like a hundred years. At first I was glad to think I was going to high school. How I hate it now! But they shan't drive me away. I'll get my education in spite of everything. Her lips drew together with resolute purpose. So you see, her voice grew gentle. You mustn't waste your time upon me. The girls won't like you if you do. And you don't know how dreadful it is to be left out of everything. Of course you can speak to me, but... She paused and looked eloquent meaning at Marjorie. Her late aloofness had quite vanished. Her small face was now soft and friendly, making the resemblance to the happy-go-lucky Mary Raymond more apparent. Marjorie laughed. Those who knew her best would have understood that her laughter meant defiance. "'I don't choose my friends because they are rich or because others like them. I choose them because I want them myself,' she declared with a proud lift of her head. I knew that someone had been horrid to you the first day I ever saw you. I heard several girls talking of you afterward. At least I think they were talking of you. I said to myself then that they must have misjudged you, so I went home and wrote my letter to Mary. I told Mother all about you, too, and that I was going to be your friend if you would let me. I want you to come and see me and meet my mother and father. As for the girls in the freshman class, I'd like to be friends with them, too, but I couldn't do anything so contemptible and unfair as to dislike a girl just because they thought they did. Now, you know what I think about it. Are we going to share our locker and our troubles and our pleasures?' The tears flashed across Constance Stevens's eyes. Her hand slid into Marjorie's, and thus began a friendship— between the two freshmen that was to defy time and change they separated on the next corner and throwing dignity to the winds marjorie raced up the long walk and into the house to see if her captain was better i came to report captain she said gently as she tiptoed up to her mother's bed how are you dear better lieutenant returned her mother kissing the pretty flushed face "'Now for the report. "'You are sure I won't make your head ache with my chatter?' "'No, dear. It is ever so much better now.' Marjorie went faithfully through with the events of the morning. "'I had to stand by my colours, Captain. "'I wouldn't be fit to be a soldier if I didn't know how to stand fast. "'Just as though it makes any difference whether a girl is rich or poor "'if she's a dear and one likes her.' How can some girls be so silly? They wouldn't be if they had Mary's and my military training. When in doubt, ask your captain. She laughed gaily, then her merry glance changed to one of dismay. Good gracious, it's fifteen minutes to one. I'll have to eat my luncheon in a hurry. With a hasty kiss, Marjorie flitted from the room and down the stairs to the dining-room. After luncheon she lingered for a brief moment with her mother then set off for the afternoon session of school. But she could not help wondering as she walked just how it would seem to be in the freshman class but not of it. End of chapter six recording by Ashley Jane